Two Phoenix Suns in the NBA All-Star Game. Not enough to get the Western Conference a win. Not enough to make the game saved or even watchable. But nevertheless, we have a lot to talk about from the NBA's premier weekend of the regular season. We'll dive into all of it, plus a Beal update and more on today's episode of Locked on Suns. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Lockdown Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show. Wherever you get your podcasts, a big thank you for making Lockdown Suns your first listen. Here on this Sunday night, Monday morning, post-game, after a 211-186 to win by the Eastern Conference in the NBA All-Star Game, I'm shrugging, and you can hear my uh, incredulousness as I say that, but wherever you are, whenever you are finding us, thank you for being here. Hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We are free everywhere and available everywhere, including YouTube, so just hit that button, get a new show in your feed. Monday through Friday, all season long, become an everydayer. Tap into the team, get locked on to the Phoenix Suns all season long, right here on this show. Joining us as he does every Monday is Brandon Duane. Yes, he is a writer over at Bright Side of the Sun. Brandon, we have a, a little second half flurry from Booker. He gets 15 and 7. We have 18 and 5 and 5 from Durant, but the West just did not show up to this game. And it really wasn't competitive. Uh, did you have any takeaways from the action on the court? Booker throwing touchdown passes, Durant getting mad about the lack of defense. I, I don't know what stuck out to you, but that was a weird and disappointing game, I think, on my end. Yeah, t- to me, I think the it's just turning out more and more like the Pro Bowl, like as far as how invested I am into, into this. Each year, it just gets less and less interest, interesting. And honestly, if, yeah. if Book and Katie weren't in this game, I'm probably not tuning in. To, to be quite frank, it's, it's just, a, it's a, there's some fun moments. Don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, the East shooting a hundred threes is, is just insane. Uh, there, there's a couple of cool moments, but overall I just thought it was kind of a, uh, I don't know, just like you said, a little bit of a snooze fest. Uh, it was cool to see book and Katie out there. And I thought they went on a couple of runs where they're showing what they could do, but yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy to take away from this outside of, uh, it just be nice to have multiple sons representatives at the all-star game multiple guys playing in the same game so we shouldn't take that for granted I don't want to dismiss that entirely but yeah overall it was just kind of a you know just a little bit of a disappointment I thought that the ELAM ending was was a cool idea that they should have tried to bring back just add more competitiveness to it Uh, maybe add some more incentives I don't know what what you can really do but uh, so I can't really complain too much because I don't have a pure solution for it but but yeah it was it was a meh Okay, I have a question for you, actually, because I did a a little bit of a history segment when they both were named to the team a few weeks ago, but or when Mm -hmm. Booker joined KD on the team with the reserve announcement. But do you know the last time the Phoenix Suns had two All-Stars who were not Booker and Chris Paul? Because obviously that would be the easy answer. Or... Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash. So you don't get either of those. 
You can try to guess the year if you want, but I will give it to you even if you can just guess who the players were. It's a little bit of a trick question, but it's a fun one. So let me let me see if you can get this. Huh. So not Nash. So it was before the Nash Amari era. So I'm gonna say. Well, no, it wasn't before the Nash and Amari era. It was just a year in which both of them didn't make it. So there's a one clue for you. Ooh. Is it Nash and Shaquille O'Neal? Very good guess. It was actually Shaq and Amare in 08-09. I don't know why Nash didn't oh, make Nash the game. Oh, Nash left off. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, maybe that's a yeah. part of uh, Sun's lore that I that I just missed out on. I, I don't remember Nash missing that. But, yeah, so Shaq and, and Stoudemire get in and uh, and no Nash. But, yeah, it's it's a funny list to go back and look at the times when the Suns have had two guys. Just because we've had so many players pass through the franchise in pit stops, just the way that the trades and everything have always kind of worked out, where it's like mm-hmm. funny little blips of, of Jeff Hornacek and Dan Marley one year, where it's like, okay, yep. you know. Um, <laughs> and then Paul and, Paul and Booker both getting hurt and missing the yeah. game. And last year, Durant missing the game. So it was... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where they, they've had reps and they haven't been there. So that's why I said it's nice to see them both playing. So that's, exactly. I can't, exactly. Can't get mad at that. KD back in, in in his rightful West jersey rather than the little uh, little adventure he had out East. But, yeah, speaking of Duran and, and Suns history, we had a comment that I think might be the most noteworthy part of this game from a Suns perspective, which was, Barkley on the alt cast where he's uh, calling out the uh, poverty situation in San Francisco and all sorts of nonsense, talked about Durant and once again took a shot at his leadership, basically said he it has to be booked to step up down the stretch and galvanize this Suns team if they're going to win a championship because Katie is a follower, not a leader, and... I'll just let what what did you think of of the comment? It, it's not the first time he said something like this. So there was another part of it that jumped out to me. But what was your reaction to just Chuck doing that in the first place? Yeah, I mean, at this point, you could tell it's personal between those two. Like he'll he'll try to say it's not, but there's been that little back and forth they had where they've gone they've been going at each other for years. So am I shocked he he threw that out, that out there? Absolutely not. But, but yeah, I think uh, him coming to Phoenix too, a place where where Barkley was, you know beloved and and now he's kind of getting that spotlight and i think uh that's probably only enhanced it a little bit and i think chuck he's he's like a closet hater where he he tries to act like he's a suns fan but this dude's always just roasting whatever the suns do and like i feel like shaq's a bigger sun supporter than than chuck at this point so uh, i don't know what's going on with him and the whole kenny smith commentary last night uh they're they're just doing some wild stuff over there so uh Yeah. yeah i thought that that comment was not uh, fair to Durant, but also at the same time, just with their history, it's, it didn't really catch me off guard. I'm sure someone will probably ask Durant about it, and we'll have like some type of quote that'll end up on making its rounds on the the social cycle. Uh, like by the time this is probably out, so I don't think this is the end of it. I think it's going to probably be some more jabs here and there, and uh, you know, hopefully they can one day squash the beef and maybe at, at a Suns championship parade. You know, that'd be a good there place go. to start. I uh, yeah, maybe KD can drop a little line if that happens of you know millions showed up when you didn't win it but i was able to you know get it over the hump here and and buck barkley won't have much to say there but the thing i was going to say jumped out to me about this is 
that Draymond didn't retort back much, right? Because it's like Barkley is Barkley, and at a certain point, they just have to find some stuff to create a cycle of content around on their show. You know, they got a show on Thursday they got to fill, so, you know, he has to kind of set the agenda there. We know how this stuff works, but for for Draymond to not kind of push back much was weird to me, but at, we know how Draymond is. I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if he feels kind of similarly. And I don't think there's anything, I get Suns fans being upset that Chuck would say something like that out of nowhere, right? It just wasn't called for. But the Draymond not responding thing leads me to believe that maybe he kind of agrees. And I don't, I guess where I come down on this whole thing is, I don't know why that's a problem. I haven't read a, I, I personally, I wasn't, you know, alive in 1992, but uh, I wasn't, I haven't read the book about the greatness of Charles Barkley's leadership skills. I might have missed it, but it's like that doesn't have to be part of the resume of a great player. That doesn't, you don't have to be yelling in guys' faces and punching Steve Kerr out in a practice like Michael Jordan did or bullying Pau Gasol into being a winner like Kobe did or whatever in order to be an awesome athlete. Like, I just, I just, I guess I don't have an issue with it, no matter how true or not true it is. Yeah, and I think there's there's different ways to lead, too. And I think Durant's more of just a lead-by-example kind of guy. He doesn't like the spotlight. And and honestly, Steph is kind of the same way. And and, and that's why I, th- I think his him being loyal and staying in one place probably gets him off of that that conversation. But there, there's a lot of greats that have had that same mentality where they don't, they're not really uh, – they can be demanding at times of their teammates, for sure, but they're not extreme vocal leaders. And, that, and that's why I agree. I don't think it's a, a huge deal – uh, for, for Durant not to be an in-your-face type of guy. But I think uh, he's shown multiple times when the stage is brightest that he, he shows up and he's had some monstrous games in the playoffs. So I think that's where the, the whole leadership thing, like, like who cares? Like, is this guy going to help us win? Yes. Okay, thank you. Next. Like, I, I don't really care how it's – like, all the rest of it is just, like, content, like you said. And the Draymond thing, it's not like he's on the best of terms with the Suns right now. So I'm sure True. he probably had some stuff he was probably trying to hold back, if anything. So – it's not exactly like, you know, the whole Nurkic thing, them be- That's beefing true. on Twitter. Him coming to the Suns' defense, uh, not something I was going to expect at all, even if Durant's involved. Nah, that, that's, that's fair. I mean, I, I guess it's just sort of, you know, they, they, Katie and Draymond try to pretend like they're good now. So I guess it's like if you're good, you'd think you would yeah. say something. But I guess to me, you're right. I, I guess that's a, a good way to put it is like, honestly, I will say, Katie has been more vocal and I think some of the body language stuff that we were all talking about, like November, December, I think now that they're winning, a lot of that, we now, now we call that leadership. Before it's bad body language, now it's leadership when you win, right? And I think he's been much more vocal on the court, at least, than I ever would have thought. So I, I'll give him a lot of credit for that. And it's a lazy thing to have to drill, ever, to 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 dial everything down to, in my opinion, too, right? It's like, if you don't have anything to say about their defense, which is probably, to me, what needs to improve, not their leadership, Mm -hmm. you just make it about leadership, right? Because that's easier to comment on. It's more personal. There's something to get under somebody's skin with, whereas the real issues are a little less sexy. And, you know, it's like, tell me who was the vocal leader on, on Denver's team last year. 
tell me who was the vocal leader on the Bucks the year before that, or, or two years before that, right? It's like, it doesn't, that's not a prerequisite for all this, but no. we've given it too much time considering we just said it was kind of nonsense. So let's move on to Bradley Beal, who appears to be ready to go for Thursday, reset his nose, recovering from the hamstring, but bigger picture, what are our expectations for him if he is healthy heading into the second half? We'll get into that next. First, today's show brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. There's a lot of people. I mean, I write for a living. Brandon is in a similar field. Maybe not the most intimidating to us, although it's never like the easiest thing in the world to communicate effectively and not worry about typos and all that type of stuff. But there's a lot of people who do not do it, and I know it can be very, very nerve-wracking. Grammarly gets the job done for you. Better writing means a stronger impact. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. By understanding your writing in context, Grammarly then provides relevant suggestions personalized to you. Their tone suggestions help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations, something like maybe letting somebody go, maybe giving uh, constructive feedback, maybe something like an announcement of some not-so-good news. Whatever the case may be, make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up, download for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, Brandon, let's keep it rolling. So um, Dwayne Rankin over there at the Arizona Republic reported that Bradley Beal has had a procedure done on his broken nose. Um, They had talked about resetting it. I'm going to go ahead and assume that's all it was. And that he is recovering on track Thursday to play against the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas. And that is the first night of a back-to-back right away Friday in Houston. Not a lot of travel, of course, but I would expect if he can play the first one, he'll play the second one. He's had a week off. The experience with Beal's injuries, I I feel like has kind of lived up to some of the worst case uh, scenarios here, but what do you think of his season so far? And what are you expecting of him if, for all intents and purposes, even the mask is no longer going to be an issue? Yeah, first of all, resetting your nose sounds very painful and I do not want to uh, experience it really time does. in my lifetime. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's had some, like, do you go under for that? Do they like, how do they, how do you manage that? I don't, I don't, I don't even really want to think about it if I'm being honest. No, it's just a quick little crack, you know, just uh, take some ibuprofen. You're fine. But yeah, uh, no, I'm sure it's, it's, it's pretty painful. I mean, but yeah, he, I think a lot of his injuries too, this season have been pretty, uh, unfortunate, like that ankle injury, just a freak accident that someone's foot happens to be there, uh, getting, absolutely obliterated in the nose like there's nothing you could really do about that uh the back stuff obviously was was uh something that we, we were kind of all kind of focused on and just thought that could linger but that's been the the least of the worries it's just been all these random injuries and then now the hamstring i think yeah. they're playing the pistons and you know uh it's it's not really an important game before the all-star break so it, it makes sense i'm sure if uh by the way they're all talking it seems like He's, he's good to go at this point. I mean, before that injury, he was averaging 28-5-5 five and five in his last four games. Um, 
So, I mean, he's, he's really starting to, to get in a rhythm. So it was unfortunate timing, but the all-star break could not come at a better time. So uh, glad he's, he's healing, getting, getting all that right. And this is really the part of the season where you could really start to rattle off some wins and, and start to position yourself, uh, build that chemistry. So uh, I think he'll be good to go and, and ready to roll and pick up where he left off. Just now it's just about knock on wood, staying healthy and, and getting all these three guys as many reps as you can. Yeah, I th- I think so. This injury would be the only one you would say recurred outside of the back, right? Because this this yeah. hamstring is the same one that he missed some time for um, earlier on in the year. I tend to agree; it didn't seem significant, but just the fact that it's there enough to miss anything, even if you just miss the rest of that one game, starts yeah. to get your mind like, okay, that that's still there, you know. But I think he deserves a lot of credit for taking a step back and being malleable and and being able to be we all kind of knew he'd have to be the guy to 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 sacrifice but that's easier said than done and so i i do give a lot of kudos to him for for humbling himself or doing whatever mm-hmm. mentally and and physically needs to happen to to just adjust that way and you know he's talked about it's a little uncomfortable to take so many threes at times and He's had to take some defensive matchups and he's been open about like, yeah, that's going to have to be me. I, I get how this works, you know, and he's done all those things. So it's hard for me to necessarily drill down one area that I'm expecting of him down the stretch of the season or something I, I want to see from him. Because like you said, six February games, he was 22 points, four rebounds, five assists, 62% true shooting. 41% from three. I'll say one easy thing that I just, it's more mental and and kind of chemistry-based is there's a lot of unforced error turnovers that he coughs up watching him night in and night out for the first time this year that just, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get more frustrating for the team, for us watching, in game five of a playoff series than it is right now. Like, that has to be cleaned up. But is there something when you look at his game where you're like, I want that aspect of it to improve or be more consistent for the next couple months until the playoffs? Honestly, there's just shooting more threes. Like, there's there's a – it's a different role for him. So, he's kind of – it's similar to, like – it would be like asking Booker to, to sacrifice and play more of an off-ball role where I feel like he's really rhythm-based. Like, he likes to get – attack the rim, get to his mid-range and kind of – not be ball dominant, but very involved in the offense. So to ask him to com- not not completely, but at times completely shift what he's doing, it's it's a lot to take on. And I think he's he's like he's taken it great. Like as far as his body language, like there could be like six or seven possessions in a row where maybe he doesn't even touch the ball offensively, and like he's not slouching, he's not pouting, he's he's still running hard, playing hard defensively, and he's taking advantage of the, the moments he's getting. So I think as a teammate. That's the most important thing. Like, I, I think if, if this big three is going to work, it's going to be with him probably sacrificing the most uh, as far as just usage and, and offensive workload, which uh, to me that's encouraging. But, yeah, I think just forming better synergy and uh, playing outside of his comfort zone more comfortably, like that's that's something that's going to happen over time. So I think with him, Book, and, and Katie all figuring out the, the whole no point guard thing, like we've seen a lot of turnovers that just feel kind of, uh, frustrating, like you said, which come playoff time could kill them. 
that's that's really the only thing that stands out defensively. I think he's been awesome. Like he's he's exceeded expectations. I think for for most Suns fans. Um, obviously, he's, he's not like a some shutdown defender, but he's he's a lot stronger. And uh, when he's engaged, like I think he, he's really proven some some people wrong on that end. So as long as he keeps it up on that end, like I I really have nothing else outside of just like you said, just cleaning up some of those turnovers and, and little things. Yeah, I think I'm a little lower on his defense than than you seem to be. But I would just say, like, the fact that they've now gotten Royce O'Neal to me make and that and that they got Grayson Allen and, and that he's fine. Um, I think that puts less of a spotlight or it makes it less necessary for Beal to be consistently great on defense. So that helps. But... Yeah, I mean, there have definitely been some individual matchups that have impressed me, that have surprised me. Guarding Zion in that Pelicans game, which I still think is one of their better wins of the season, and moments where he's forced some turnovers or gotten in passing lanes. Like he, I think he he's a, a good enough team defender and somebody where, in a switch situation, can guard up better. Those two things, I think, have fared better than I thought, but he still doesn't really get through screens. If you're asking him to guard point of attack against a real threat, I don't think that's going to go well. But there's only so much you can ask, right? He is who he is. So, yeah, I guess to me it's just can we see those huge scoring nights, not more consistently, I guess, but just can those continue against tougher competition? Is he good for one or two 35-plus point games in each playoff series. Because if that's the case, I mean, their offense has been basically neck and neck with the Clippers for the best in the NBA since they got healthy. So even with the inconsistencies, quote-unquote, that we might say about Beal, they've been pretty much unguardable anyway. So you're talking about, can they can he take them from unguardable to almost an automatic win once or twice in a series? And that really starts to add up. I think that's kind of it for me, but that's not really in the regular season. That's more of a down-the-line type of thing. So, yeah, maybe I just default to, hey, let's see the chemistry click better. Let's see it just look more fluid and, and easy than it does right now, and that would probably lead to those bigger nights. Let's close out the show looking at Devin Booker's signature sneaker release, the first batch of Book 1s going on sale, selling out within minutes, including uh, more quickly than a Jordan release, which is pretty cool, and some fun stuff we saw around Indianapolis this weekend as Book really celebrated the release. We'll get to that all next. First, today's show brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Do you ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Well, our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capability to take your adventure to the next level. Starting with the 2024 Nissan Rogue, perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone and messing with layers of attachment and everything else. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. In addition... The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room up to eight in expansive cargo capacity and advanced 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, 
When Adventure Calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, Brandon, let's close out the show. So, uh, Book released the first colorway, the first release of his Book One sneaker this past weekend. And not only that, they went, they, they sold out in hours. He also did a few things with Instagram Lives and, and whatnot where he was able to hide some stuff or string it up over a, not a literal phone line, but some little area and kids and fans were able to go get them. And he did the 1995 All-Star Game throwback colorway for the All-Star practice. What was your favorite element of how Nike and him were able to kind of collaborate to use this weekend as the launching point for what I think some people have been a little frustrated with uh, in this whole release process. Yeah, there's a lot of like cool little things I thought they did, like the whole library thing just as the backdrop for that first commercial. And then, uh, like you said, the 1995 All-Star Game in Phoenix, paying homage to that is cool. Like Book's always been paying homage to like the people before him and I thought I think just how much he's embraced like former Suns legends has been awesome just and that's not anything new like he's been doing that since he was a rookie um so I think it's, it was a really cool touch to, to add that and then also like you said leaving the the pair of shoes for in a random alley for some fan to to go grab I'm sure there's probably hundreds of people trying to fight for that but uh but yeah I, I thought there's some some cool stuff but also like yeah the frustration of it getting sold out and in minutes and a lot of people that couldn't get it and some of the color options like I know like pe- people have to understand one thing and like book is frustrated about some of it too is like it's outside of his control with a lot of this stuff it's just not really how it works like you can't uh you know that but I think the fact that it sold out as fast as it did is a good start and I think it's going to show that the demand is a hundred percent there is let's get some more colors let's get some more uh, options in stock and just keep this thing rolling because I think there, there's something cooking here and um, I know there's a lot of frustration with that. My Twitter feed was either people saying, like I'd say like one out of every like 10 people saying that either they got them or the other nine saying, you know, they're, they're pissed off because it was sold out. So uh, yeah, it's, it's outside of his control and he's voices frustration. So just relax a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's all out of his control, but I mean, I think the marketing stuff and the timing and the communication of all of it, it is out of his control. I think it's a little more reasonable to get frustrated by because it's not always that way. Yeah. True. The selling out is always that way, right? So it's like, at that point, you're kind of just getting mad at like sneaker culture and stuff. And it's like, well, it is what it is. You know, what are you really going to... You want him to sell worse because then he'll get less money and you're not supporting your favorite player as well. So, okay. You know, it kind of is the nature, supply and demand, scarcity, all those good economic things. But... It, this might sound uh, over the top or like forced a little bit, but it's really not. And I was thinking about it before the game sucked tonight, before we talked in the first segment. But it is similar to me, the way that he's releasing this and the care that he's taking with it to what I think people are wanting with the dunk contest and the all-star game and everything else. And you know, Jalen Brown doing the dunk contest this year kind of spoke to some of that. It does... It, it does just kind of take caring at this point. Like you got to just decide it matters with some of these things. You know, these guys are filthy rich in a way that they've never been. 
Book doesn't even need a signature shoe to have his family taken care of for generations, right? Like, it's a perk. It's nice. It 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 lasts longer than your NBA career lasts. Like, I I'm not saying it's nothing. I'm not I'm not downplaying the achievement of it. But it's like a lot of guys. It just comes and goes. There's a lot of these we don't remember. There's a lot that don't sell well. There's a lot that the scarcity and all the little tricks they play don't even work, and people don't buy them. You know. But it's like if you actually take care of it and and want it badly enough and do a cool commercial and do things in Indianapolis and you know create these colorways and give them to your guys around the league and all the things that he's done it's like well then that's how you get this outcome where it matters and people are paying attention to it and it does sell well and it is generating hype and everybody's excited around the league in in terms of players and fans and other nike athletes and everything else like he's doing it the right way i guess is my point and it's cool because again it's not always that way even though some of the other dumb things about the industry like i said those are always that way but the part he can control, I think he's nailing. That's a great observation. Like, I, I think a lot of, uh, and look, I'm not going to blame him for doing it, but there's dudes that will just go get your money, like it's fine, but they're just kind of like, they'll show up for a commercial shoot and then never kind of get involved in it again. Like, they'll just let the, the marketing department do their thing. It's And it's just more like out of sight, out of mind. It just adds to their their uh, their checklist of things to do. But you could tell that there are like the select individuals who really do care about the product, the fans, uh, the legacy leaves behind. So I think we've seen that from book and that's, that's authentic. Like you can't fake that. So I think, um, not everyone does, like you said. So I think it's, it's cool to see, uh, how much he cares, but, uh, yeah, at th- this point, I think fans just gotta be patient and kind of let the whole process play out, which uh, I know we live in instant gratification society right now. So their, their patience is, does not exist, but, uh, I think there, this is just the beginning of something super, special and i'm excited i'm definitely i didn't get one when it was released i didn't even try because i knew it was going to be sold out i'll I'll probably just wait for a a colorway that's a little more uh you know my style i would say like for before i I go in on it but uh yeah Yeah, but uh, you're right i mean look it's like if it if it goes well katie's at at 16 so you know we'll we'll all get our we'll all get our chance i think if, if we want these you know it's like Half of these ones are getting bought just so people can say they bought the first release. And again, it, yeah. it kind of is is what it is. But yeah, I mean, in terms of the the bigger picture of it all, it's like, it's funny to me, you know, it's all across sports, it's all across everything, but it's so cliche now to be like, you know, I dreamed of this when I was a kid and it's so cool to be here. And then it's like, well, then act like it. You know what I mean? And it it, it some of this stuff can lose its meaning if you don't make it have meaning. So I, I do appreciate, and I didn't think anything else would happen. I mean, he... He's a he's a basketball nerd, you know what I mean? He's a he's he's a fan of everything about this whole experience and I think that's part of why we all gravitate toward him, but it's still cool to see it come together. But that will wrap us up for the day. More to come this week, no games until Thursday, but more content on the way. Hoping to have Stephen Perjone from PHNX and Bright Side of the Sun on the show. He was in Indianapolis. I haven't even asked him that yet, so I don't think he listens, but if he does, that's kind of a weird way for the invite to be thrown out there. Either way, hope to book him and get some more Suns chatter as we get ready for the second half of the season, so hit follow or subscribe wherever you are finding our show, and I will catch you along the way.